재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Good morning and welcome to The Bookend on TBS EFM 101.3 in the heart of Seoul, GFN 98.7 Gwangju and 93.7 Yeosu. Today is Sunday, November 20th, 2016 and I'm your host, Jamie Chang. We'll open this week's show as always with hot new releases. Helen Cho is here to bring us the news this week. And then on Talk It Up, we have Darcy Paquette and Aurelian Lenny here to talk about Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, the book by Ransom Riggs and film by the great Tim Burton. And then we'll open our second hour with must-read Korean book. Sarah Kwan is here today to talk about Women, the Voices, or 여성 목소리들 by writer An Nisan. And then we'll close the show today, as always, with David's bookmark. He is bringing in Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes. We'll start today's show with Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. If you would like to listen to our show on your smartphone, you can download the new version of TBS application. Search for TBS 교통정보 via Google Play Store or Apple App Store. Helen Cho is now entering the studio for the hot new releases segment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Every Sunday, we start the show with hot new releases. Joining us today is Helen Cho. Helen is a freelance translator and interpreter. Morning, Helen. Good morning. How are you today? Good. I was giggling quite a bit because of my FIFO from Here Comes Helen Cho. <laughs> I love the dramatic introduction that you just gave me. I was, of course, entering the studio right at the moment. Yes, yes, yes. I, I saw your head yes, peeking in. Bursting like, into the Here studio. Here comes Helen Cho. <laughs> So let's find out about this week's most exciting fiction titles. Okay, so let me give you a quick summary of this week's international bestsellers. We have um, very exciting new entries this week. Um, The Wrong Side of Goodbye by Michael Connolly entered the chart at number one. So that is this week's most successful new um, title. That is a great title. The Wrong Side of Goodbye. I wonder what the right side of goodbye (laughs) must be. The person who says goodbye. (laughs) Maybe, yes. And a few places down the list, we have another new entry, The Award by the legendary Danielle Steele and before we leave top 10 we have another uh, very exciting new entry Archangel's Heart by Nalini Singh Berkeley that entered the chart at number Mm 9 and this week's longest running um, entry on the list is The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins Mm -hmm. and that book has appeared on the chart for no less than 89 weeks 89 weeks and it's it's third on the list this week yes 
Have so, you read that book yet? I haven't actually. Okay. I've been actually um, resisting. I'm very, very curious. I'm very curious. I think it's out in Korean translation even. Oh, okay. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of translation, the last time you were on the show, we talked about the importance of reading fiction in translation. And today's hot new release that you're sharing with us today is yet another reminder of how Korean literature has been reaching out to a wider audience. Can you tell us about the title? Yes. The English-speaking fans of Korean literature have a reason to celebrate this week because the um, Korean novelist Son Hyung-gyu's novel Islam Jeongnyuk-jeom, or The Muslim Butcher in English, um, is out in translation, in English translation. And that book was previously translated and published in Turkish. Mm-hmm. How exciting. Even before it was translated into English. Mm-hmm. That's kind of unusual, right? Very unusual. But it makes sense um, when it comes to this title because it's a story about a Turkish man who stayed in Korea after his participation in the Korean War and he adapts a boy. Mm-hmm. And I can, him. Yeah, I can see why Turkish readers might have been interested in reading the book. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, well, Korean readers might be interested in reading about a Korean man, you know, growing up or leading a life in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And what's special about this man is that he adopted an ethnically Korean son after he decided to remain in Korea after the war, right? Yes, he adopts a war orphan, actually takes him into his care. Mm -hmm. So, um, in his, our unnamed narrator of the story, The Adopted Son, so several decades after the Korean War, unnamed narrator, i.e. the adopted son of the story, is taken in by an old Turkish man, otherwise known as Uncle Hassan. Mm -hmm. And he makes a living as a butcher in a slum in central Seoul. Mm -hmm. Of course, has to deal with his troubled past, but the only way he can become healed of the wounds that had been left behind by the war in his heart as he grows up um, by making relationships with people living in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and the neighborhood that they live in, I think it's kind of like referencing the Itaewon area, right? Because um, there's a, a reference to a mosque mm-hmm. and, and a very diverse culture in mm-hmm. that area. So tell us more about the narrator. So our precocious narrator, of course, is a troubled boy and he doesn't know who his parents are. He wonders why he, they abandoned him. And then he makes friends with a number of very interesting people in his neighborhood. And they're all very poor and downtrodden. And so we meet characters like Aunt Anna, who is a caring woman running a restaurant, Uncle Amos, who is a compulsive liar, and there's even a Greek man who stayed on in Korea after the war, and mm-hmm. there are many others, very interesting mm-hmm. um, people in his neighborhood. So he gets to know them very well, then, you know, through that their relationships um, with those people, he kind of finds out his path, he finds out where he's headed, and realizes what human community is all about, and how important love is. Mm-hmm. Well, the the way you're describing it, I think it could have been a very like we are the world kind of a book. But this book actually goes deeper mm-hmm. than that, right? And what's really interesting and what's really clever about this book is that we see everything from the child's point of view. So he conveys um, the hypocrisy of grown-ups, the racism, the prejudices that he faces with humor. So it's not just all bleak and dark mm-hmm. throughout. And then he you know, makes us wonder about the meaning of fighting another nation's war and you know what is actually left afterwards uh, so people like uncle hassan you know we actually listen to this history through the boy's point of view and he goes really deep into what is actually inside the human heart what kind of wounds and desires and memories that we actually harbor in our hearts mm-hmm. 
Um, it's very interesting. The novel begins with the line, my adoptive father's blood flows in my body. So uh-huh. very profound, kind of ironic kind of sentence. And it ends right. with an echo of the opening sentence. Um, the last line in the book goes, my adoptive blood, father's blood is still flowing in my body. So mm-hmm. it's a nice circle that's actually completed at the end. Right, it's kind of bookended by by the repetition of that sentence mm-hmm. that, that kind of connects this war orphan to this, Korean War veteran. Yes. I think that's very special. Yes, and it's a very special, very um, diverse community that he grows up actually surrounded by those people. Mm-hmm. You actually brought in the the copy, the physical copy today, translated by Yu Youngnan. Can you give us a little excerpt from the beginning? So yes, I'll just read the opening paragraph just to give you a quick taste, and it goes: My adoptive father's blood is flowing in my body. It was Uncle Hassan, my adoptive father, who told me the meaning of Islam, submission, sunjong in Korean. He seemed apprehensive when people asked him questions. He looked all the more uneasy if they came from a boy like me, whose face and scalp were marred with ringworm scars. When I asked him something, however, I sensed that he was secretly pleased, and I stared at him with eyes sparkling with curiosity. He seemed nervous as he grumpily spat out an answer and then pursed his lips. It would be unnecessary to add that his expression was far from being submissive when he said, it means submission. There we go. So that's how the story starts. I think it's very interesting that the story starts with this idea of, of submission, the story of uh, adopted son and um, and an adoptive father, and like how submission is supposed to be this the central idea that binds them together. Mm-hmm. And it's an immediate introduction to the idea of getting to know someone else's culture. Mm-hmm. So that's another very interesting aspect of the story, I think. I mean, there's a level of um, humbleness, I think, that is involved in getting to know another person's culture. So maybe it's a reference to that, too. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, listen to a song before we move on to our next news item. Here is Diana Ross and the Supremes. Someday we'll be together. <laughs> Now let's turn our attention to the international publishing market. We have a hot new release that everyone is talking about this week. Yes, Swing Time by Zadie Smith was released five days ago on the 15th of November. So it's quite literally hot off the press. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about the writer, Zadie Smith. Zadie Smith is a novelist, essayist and short story writer from England. And she published her debut novel, White Teeth, in 2000, which became an instant bestseller worldwide. And it was praised internationally and won a number of awards. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about her career as a writer so far? Um, Because her first book was so successful, she later admitted that the hype surrounding White Teeth had caused her to suffer a short spell of writer's block. Mm, She got nervous. Yes, you can imagine how much pressure she was under. Mm -hmm. And then um, she she published her second novel, The Autograph Man, in 2002, which became a commercial success, but the critics weren't so happy about it. Um, And then her 
The second novel was followed by another called On Beauty that came out in 2005 and that attracted more acclaim than the second and this third novel was shortlisted for the Men Booker Prize and won the 2006 Orange Prize for Fiction. Mm-hmm. And On Beauty, I have been told, is a reworked version of Howard's End by E.M. Forster. It's like a, a friendship between two families that is set in greater Boston, like snobbish people, academics and, and things like that. So that sounds really fun. Yes, interesting chaps. <laughs> <laughs> and later in the same year, she published Martha and Handwell. It's a book combining two short stories about two troubled characters. So she was venturing into another genre. Mm-hmm. And this new one, Swing Time, is her book number five, novel number five. Mm-hmm. So what did she choose to write about this time? So this story is about two girls um, who both dream of becoming dancers, but typically only one of them has what it takes to become a dancer. Tracy and the other one just has all these ideas you know about how rhythm and time work how bodies work with music and so on and so forth and their childhood friendship ends abruptly in their early 20s and so they never go back to the day where they used to be but then they don't quite forget the friendship they used to have either mm-hmm. so the paths and plot lines diverge pretty early on and then they never meet again Yes, well, Tracy makes it to the cross line, but she struggles with adult life and her friend, the untalented one, leaves the old neighborhood behind and then she starts traveling the world as an assistant to a famous singer, Amy. Mm-hmm. And then she even actually goes to West Africa and um, from London to West Africa. And there she finds um, all sorts of people like young men who risk their lives to escape into a different future. And there are even women who dance just like Tracy but then you know she also realizes that the origins of this kind of profound inequality that she's faced are not a matter of distant history but they're actually very much present in in her own life. Mm -hmm. So she gets to get a glimpse of what her life could have been like if she had the talent that her friend had from the outside and that's Mm -hmm. kind of sad. And she definitely observes close up how the one percent live you know Mm-hmm. touring with the famous singer right and what kind of reviews did this book receive and um, what bbc.com said a virtuoso performance will filled with distinct and nuanced observations about dance race class celebrity global culture appropriation and the special intimacies between girlfriends and between mothers and daughters mm-hmm. so it's a book that packs a lot in actually right right I'll it certainly sounds like it give you another quick review from cosmopolitan it says this is a thoughtful tale of two childhood BFFs whose shared passion for dance takes them on wildly divergent life paths. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the story of many, many of our, our friendships from childhood. <laughs> yes, well, I was never into dancing, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Helen Cho, for coming in today and have a great Sunday. Okay, well, I'll see you next time. Coming up next is Talk It Up, but in the meantime, here's Smokey Robinson, Baby, Baby Don't Cry. Nothing so blue as a heart in pain Nothing so sad as a tear in vain 